Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Go check teams up with ex-sniper Travis to track down the most dangerous warrior in the territory, who also is his uncle, as Travis and Guchuk journey through the outback and they begin to earn each other's trust but when the truths of travis's past actions are suddenly revealed it is he who becomes the hunted that is a very abbreviated version of introduction into this wonderfully complex and layered story the film is called high ground and we're joined today by the director of that film and that would be stephen maxwell johnson stephen welcome to film school radio fantastic nice to be here well, Stephen, first of all, congratulations on this film. As I just alluded to, it's a very layered in um, look at it on its surface. It's a one story, which is about some injustices of the past, and you re- you examine them from many different uh, points of view. Uh, but it's also a very human film, a very humanizing film, uh, warm-hearted film in some ways, even though the some of the content is is pretty violent. Tell me about the inspiration for this. I know someone else wrote it, uh, Chris. Bathiades, yeah, very, very good friend of mine. And um, look, I, I grew, I've grown up in the bush with uh, Yulmu and Binning people. It's really been my life. And, you know, having grown up with all of the, the stories about, in a sense, the true history of this country and hearing about the massacres, hearing about, you know, all of the, the, the ceremonies and the knowledge and the language and the, and, and the, the art that, that actually is deeply connected to country. Um, Yolngu people don't see themselves as uh, living on or looking at the land. They, they are part of it. And it's, it's lovely when you talk about it's a human story very much so. I mean, it's all about that interconnectedness and our relationship to, to country and trying to sort of tap in to that idea culturally of that. And, and you know, it's the oldest living culture left on earth you know, which means it's the oldest human connection left on the planet, ultimately. And that's a that's a very beautiful thing. And, you know, having grown up and hearing all these stories and, and not getting that history and that knowledge at school, I was compelled to to work toward telling telling the deeper truth about our history and, and what went on in this land in the early years and the years before that. So that was my inspiration. Um, Chris and I had worked together on my first movie, Yungle Boy. We're very, very dear friends, have been for over 30 years. And the process is I bring Chris up. We sit, we talk, we travel through country. Um, and this, you know, this was a 20 year process to get this story right and to work intimately with, with the elders and the families right across Arnhem Land and, um, and tell this both ways story. But essentially, uh, look, there are there are hundreds of different languages and clans and tribes in, in, in this country. However, collectively, in the east of Arnhem Land, a lot of the clans call themselves Yulngu. So Yulngu is made up of, of about 26 clans. And in the, the west of Arnhem Land, they call themselves Binning people. It's a collective term for the many, many clans that live on, in the west of Arnhem Land, which is where we set our story. However, the film was cast right across Arnhem Land, so the actors that speak different languages that have come together to, to play the various roles. I want to talk about the sort of the core of the story here. Uh, the film opens with a pretty 
violent uh, attack on this small tribe of people. Um, how do you, I'll let you describe it because I'm not going to do uh, the same justice as you would be able to describe. And obviously an opening to any film is important, but it really sets in motion so many different elements of the film. Yeah, well, look, the film The film actually does start with a beautiful shot of Nimbwa, which is one of the most sacred rock forms in Arnhem Land. And Nimbwa is significant because it's the resting place of the two creation, the Junkawu sisters, the two creation sisters that travel from the east to west, north to south, creating all the landforms and the people. And they're distilled in that, that rock form. And if you look carefully at that as a song line, is, is sung, you will actually see their faces and their sculpture in the rock, which is quite, quite beautiful. And then from there, you know, we move into seeing binning people living the way they have been living for thousands and thousands of years. And then that's obviously horrifically interrupted. And those sorts of uh, tragedies happened right across Australia. We're talking hundreds of massacres and various things that took place. So it was about telling a deeper truth, a high ground is a fiction, but so is history in that way. So we took inspiration from many true events and characters right across the country. However, our scene at the beginning of the film is inspired by a particular massacre uh, because there were people who were killed there that are directly related to cast members in the film and to executive producers who were part of the creating of, of, of the story in the film. So it's a very immediate history. It's still there. There's still people alive who remember these, these things taking place. They're, they're very much living out their real life, life story. So it's, it's their reality. It's still right there. It's still real for, for all the people who were, were helping us make this film. The indigenous people of Australia, the indigenous people of America, the indigenous people throughout the Pacific, South Pacific, as well as all, all around the world. This is one of the things that I've been discovering as I've gotten older, how abused these people have been over the course of now thousands of years of colonial abuse. But also, I don't know if the story is much different in Australia than it has been in the United States. But I'm so glad to see stories about this because there's so much of our history here in America that we have no really any concept of. And this feels like the, that might be the case in Australia. And one of the reasons why you made this film was to essentially give people an opportunity to understand it at a more at a more basic level, at a more humanizing level. Yeah. Well, look, it, it was always the intention to try and to not sort of impose any particular way of, of, of thinking and telling a story is more about trying to create a, a moment that was immersive, that was non-judgmental. It was a balanced film. We use the word makarata in the film, which is a, a process of reconciliation. It's a process of getting the balance right, putting the story straight and, and finding peace. And, you know, the story is told from, in a sense, both perspectives. The protagonist, you could say, is Gujuk. It's his story. He's making things happen. It was about flipping flipping that and seeing things from a different perspective. And I hope we've achieved that. Um, so we're humanising every character in the film. People are flawed on both sides. Mistakes were made on both sides. It yes. was an incredible missed opportunity. And no one's perfect. Um, it's about being able to take a look at ourselves and accept, accept each other in those ways and be vulnerable in those ways. And um, it is a deeply human story, but as you uh, would have seen, 
Uh, there is no musical score as such in the, in the soundtrack. It's all about the sounds of nature, the sounds of song lines, the sounds of trees, the creaking of the earth. It's, um, it's all about trying to draw a person into the idea of being in the story and, and uh, being able to kind of um, look at things from all different perspectives and be affected in that way. Kuchuk lives in two different worlds over the course of this film. We see yeah. a young boy who survived that ma massacre that we see early on in the film and how he navigates these two different worlds. And in many ways, he is our guide into the world of the indigenous people in the film, as well as he bears the scars of what had happened. Uh, he, but he's I really liked his character. I love the actor who portrayed him as an older mm -hmm. Um, older person, and I, I just thought the way that his character, as you said, mistakes are made during the course of the, the of this story on both sides. But um, I just, I really liked his ability to be able to understand a situation as clearly as it, it, it all the different possibilities and all the different situations we, he finds himself in. He still. He's still an empathetic person to everybody. He's he tries his best to live in these two worlds. I, I'm not doing a very good job here of explaining. No, it no, no. You're good. That's really, no, that's really really good. I mean, it's all about that. You know, he, he's reconnecting with his roots and his identity, and you know, that's his journey in the story. And it's a it's a it's a big deal. I mean, the the things that that people were confronted with back then and even now, I mean, to tr try and navigate that gap between these two cultures, this whole idea of settlement bullshit, it's about conquest, it's about destruction, it's been about genocide, it still is here in this country. You made reference earlier to, to the Indian story. I mean, you guys have got two, three hundred years ahead of, of things as far as contact goes compared to what we have in this country. And I mean, you know, the, the culture here is absolutely ancient. And it's so beautiful. It's so connected. There's so much edu educationally we could draw from that and get from that and take from that. Uh, you know, being a, a young binning man back in the day and trying to sort of navigate that space of what was happening as the invasion was taking place for the old people, for the young people, it was. it's almost unimaginable to think, how you would feel when you were just not even recognised as being human. You weren't even recognised as existing. Terra nullius, empty land, no one here. It's a hell of a concept. It's something we don't, uh, you know, we're all grappling with who we are daily, but tr try and grapple with that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's a, there's a level of insanity to it, really, and it's still playing out to this day. Remind our listeners that we're speaking with the director of this wonderful film called High Ground, uh, that would be Stephen Maxwell Johnson, and be looking for this. It comes out um, May 14th here in the United States. Uh, if you're listening to us anywhere in the continental or extended United States, wherever you're listening to us, uh, it is coming out through Samuel Goldwyn Film Distributors. The, one of the themes in this film is as these people who have lived on the land, off the land, respectful of the land, more and more and more, it seems like that's our way forward in terms of the, where we're heading as a societies around the world have got to reconnect. And these are the people who can teach us more about sustainability, about survivability, about respect for the one thing that we have to respect, which is the world upon which we live. 
Absolutely, absolutely beautifully said. You know, it's it's very much the case, and there's so much to be be learned. There is such incredible knowledge there through language, through song, through their art. And the fact that we haven't embraced that within our education system is just a shame on all of us, really. It's it's a no-brainer. It's right there for the taking. It's beautiful. It's human. And there is no disconnection. And, and you know, the, the, the thing about it for me is having, you know, it's been, been my life really growing up and living in, with these people. So I don't kind of see the world in black and white. I just see myself as being part of this amazing existence and connection to things. And the fact that we haven't embraced it and we don't celebrate it within the upbringing of ourselves in Balladah culture is a, a massive missed opportunity. So hopefully... You know, things are evolving, things are shifting. We are beginning to realise that we need to take care of this planet. In other words, take care of, t- take care of ourselves because we are connected. It is who we are. It's our bones. We're stardust. It's all that stuff. And um, uh, Yolngu culture and Binning culture celebrate that and have done for, for tens and tens and tens of thousands of years. Australia is going through a tremendous amount of ecological upheaval with the with the massive wildfires. The United States is going through much of this, this as well. Uh, I've seen a number of documentaries recently about how the Native Americans were able to tend to the earth that we, that currently is in the midst of another dust bowl here in the mid of the United States, yeah. and how they were able to sustain that. These are these are not some kind of mystical sort of art. It's it's really it's about treating the earth better and in a way that these people have been doing as you said for thousands of years they know how to do this and i I think high ground is a great example in a narrative way and in an entertainment mode to to understand this a little bit better fantastic and it's great that you mentioned the word entertainment because that's what it was all about trying to create a film that was entertaining it takes you on a ride and you come out at the other end and you can kind of have a have a good rethink about you know, who we all are and where we are and um, what history really does say to us and teach us. There's some fantastic actors in here. Uh, Colin uh, Mulvey, as well as I mentioned, Simon Baker, Aaron Peterson. Aaron, Aaron Peterson, yes. Peterson. Simon Baker, K- Karen Pistorius. And of course, the newcomer, lead, leading man of the show, Jacob Jr. Nayingle. Beautiful story there. Just very briefly, I spoke to his his grandfather 20 five years ago about making this, telling this story about the resistance. He was fully supportive of it, wanted nothing more than that, that truth telling to come out. And during the course of the development of this film over the many years as I traveled around Arnhem Land, Jacob was born, he grew up and I found him and screen tested him without actually knowing that direct contact to that old man. And he got the lead role in the film. It's almost like a dreaming story. It's a, it's a song line in its own making. It's beautiful. That is a great story. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. yeah I saw the dedication in the credits and it, it all sort of comes back. To, wow. That's amazing. Well, yeah. thank you so very much, Stephen Maxwell Johnson for high ground. I certainly hope we'll have an opportunity to talk in the, in the future. I really enjoyed the film. So thank you. A pleasure to talk to you today. All the best. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. 
Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.